The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. Hello and welcome to the Big Technology Podcast, a show for cool-headed, nuanced conversation of the tech world and beyond. Today, we go inside the at-home fitness craze, taking over the nation with Peloton instructor Emma Lovewell. Emma, welcome to the show. Thanks, Alex. Excited to be here. Yeah, great to have you on. It must have been a a very busy couple of months, so I appreciate you uh, making some time in your schedule. Yeah, of course. Okay, so um, it's been an interesting few months for Peloton. Obviously, in the pandemic, Peloton now has uh, more than a million people using it through the connected bikes, up 113% over last year. Uh, Members are averaging an amazing 24 workouts a month, which is wild, and the company is finally profitable, making more than $89 million last quarter. So, Emma, this must be amazing for you, given the amount of, uh, you know, increased visibility and people taking your classes are. Can you describe what it's like for us? Are people starting to like see you and recognize you on the street? Yeah, it's been incredible. You know, we have 3.6 million members. And what is so exciting is just seeing the leaderboard when I'm teaching, you know, the difference from a year ago till now and just seeing how many more people are experiencing these rides live. Um, and you know, it's interesting because, um, because of the pandemic, I'm not going out a lot. So, um, it's not like I'm out at restaurants getting recognized, but there are some occasions that are pretty fun where, um, people do a double take and they're like, Oh my God, I just took your class this morning. Uh, (laughs) So that is definitely happening more and more for sure. More frequently. Is that something that would happen before the pandemic or are you starting to just now see it more often? It would happen before the pandemic, but it was mostly in airports and now it's kind of anywhere. <laughs> wow, that's that's wild. So yeah, sorry, go ahead. Even, in the, even in the city, in, in New York City, I think, um, you know, maybe our, our audience is just growing in general, but even more so in cities, I think, um, just walking down the street in Manhattan, um, I think I get that a little bit more now. And so you mentioned the leaderboard that that is all the people that are taking the class as you teach it on the bike. Um, What did it look like before the pandemic and what has it started to look like recently? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know the percentage for sure, but I just know, um, you know, it's incredible to see the members kind of rally behind things where, um, you know, for example, when, Uh, We started teaching live from home classes during the pandemic. We had to pivot really quickly and we we managed to do it in a great way where some of the instructors were teaching from home. And um, Robin, um, our head instructor, she taught a um, Together We Ride um, class and we had like 25,000 people on the leaderboard that day. It was incredible. That was like the most um, members that we've had on the leaderboard live. And then this past Thanksgiving, um, she taught a turkey burn ride, which is a signature ride that she teaches every year on Thanksgiving. Um, and 
uh, I believe we had 50,000 people riding live on that ride, which just set another record. So we just keep, you know, setting these new standards and setting these new records. And it's kind of just incredible to see how the whole community can come together and, and, and uh, connect on just one specific class together. Wow. So 50,000 people taking a class at once? Yeah. Yep. Just, and that's, <laughs> that's just wild. live. So then a week yeah. later, you know, there's another 100,000 people taking it. Um, so it's, it's insane. It's, it's really cool. Crazy. And like in a traditional soul cycle room, like what can you fit? Like 40, 50 people, maybe a hundred. Yeah. I think, you know, a traditional fitness class could be anywhere from 40 to 70 people in a room for sure. So just a few more. <laughs> just a little bit. I like um, to think about it as like a Madison Square Garden or think of some big arena and I'm teaching and there's, you know, 30,000 people, you know, in the audience. Um, it, I was a professional dancer in my previous life and, and one of the biggest stadiums I performed and I got to dance with the Rolling Stones and we had 20,000 people in the audience and that was huge. And now the fact that I am, teaching classes to people, um, to an audience that's bigger than that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. Now you beat that probably on a weekly basis or something like that. Yep. Yep. So, um, I, I'm actually kind of curious. So you were pretty early on this, uh, Peloton thing. Uh, you had been a soul cycle instructor and you had done some fitness stuff. Um, but you get in early and, I, and I'm just kind of curious, like from your perspective, like what joining was like, because uh, the, the pitch must've been uh, kind of strange to hear. And this is obviously the way that I imagine it. So I'd love to hear what it was like for you, but like someone come up to you and say, yeah, it's like, you know, cycling classes, but on the internet. And how did you eventually say, yeah, this is something I want to do? Great question. Um, I have a pretty interesting and unique, uh, introduction to Peloton. I think, um, in 2012, I was a fitness instructor and a fitness model, so that means I was on ads, you know, for Under Armour, Nike, Adidas, you know, magazines, all these things. And um, I got a job as a model for Peloton for their Kickstarter campaign. And um, I had never heard of the brand. You know, my agent called me. <clears throat> my agent called me and he said, you know, there's a cycling brand, uh, Peloton. They want you to do this commercial. You know, will you do it? I said, sure. I, I was teaching um, cycling at the time. So I knew how to ride a bike. Um, and so I went in for the commercial. It was a one day shoot, super fun. I got to meet, you know, John Foley, Jill Foley, the whole team, which was probably like 15 people at the time. And I remember John was like, you're going to love this bike. It's like riding on a cloud. It is so smooth. You've never ridden a bike like this before. And I remember getting on it and being like, you know what? You're right. This is a really smooth bike. It's quiet. This is very cool. Um, and the day I remember just being like, wow, these are really awesome people. I had just good vibes from everybody on set. And I left and, you know, we exchanged, you know, uh, Facebooks and, and emails and whatever. And it's just kind of like, awesome working with you guys. Best of luck. You know, good luck on your, your new company. And <laughs> went off and, you know, started teaching cycling at another studio for years. But meanwhile, I was kind of just keeping in touch with them through Facebook and seeing the Wall Street Journal um, press they were getting and the Forbes press and all of these like exciting articles, articles coming out. And I was like, wow, you know, cause at the time in studio boutique experience was like all the rage. Like that is what everybody wanted in major cities. And so um, 
I ended up leaving the studio that I had been teaching in for three years. And I just continued to watch Peloton grow and grow. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to reach out to John Foley. I had his email from three years prior. And I was like, hey, John, you know, hope you're doing well. I've been watching your progress. It's incredible. I'd love to see if there are any opportunities there for me. And, you know, he wrote back in 20 minutes and he was like, yes, let's get you in for an audition. You know, we'd love to have you audition with us. And he introduced me to Robin and, and then it kind of just snowballed from there. I, I came, you know, came to the studio to audition, had a, a second audition and an interview. And then it all just um, happened from there. And, and since then, it's been like being strapped to a rocket ship. It's, we've just grown <laughs> exponentially. It's been so exciting. I do feel like I got in at this, you know, very um, interesting and perfect time and everything is about timing. I mean, for me in my life, this is like something that I really needed. And for Peloton, this was like kind of just a, a launching pad, um, right? You know, I started with another instructor, Dennis Morton, the two of us started at the same time. And, you know, right after we joined, soon after we launched the tread and started hiring more and more instructors. And so everything just kind of expanded and exploded. And it's been quite a ride not to be um, cheesy. Drop that pun. It's, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. it's a good pun. I'll take it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you mentioned it was, so what in your life uh, did you need, you, you mentioned you needed it in your life. Um, what was going on? Yeah. Um, okay. So I was teaching at another cycling studio in the city and um, it was the springtime and, you know, my mom had just been diagnosed with cancer and she lives on Martha's Vineyard and she um, owns a gardening business. And so this was like a big, you know, so many people are affected by cancer. So I know a lot of people can identify with hearing this kind of news. It's just very traumatic for the whole family. And so what uh, we decided was my mom needed to go to Boston for treatment for the summer to get um, radiation and then chemotherapy. And so I decided to quit my job and I moved home to the vineyard to take over her gardening business. So, um, my boyfriend at the time, um, he got a job in Texas. So he had, he moved to Texas for the summer. I moved to the vineyard and I was running my mom's gardening business. You know, I had always been into gardening and I, she taught me everything I knew. So I was kind of just you know, doing the best that I could. We told all of our clients, like, you know, I'm going to do my best. I'm not Teresa. I'm not my mom. So, but I'll do my best. And my mom went to Boston. She did treatment and, you know, I'm so happy to say that she's healthy and she's doing well now. Um, but after that summer, I decided to go meet up with my boyfriend in Texas. We ended up driving out to California. We, um, lived in California for about eight months. I actually, I know you do a lot of, um, reporting on Facebook, but I was a personal trainer at Facebook for like a few months. <laughs> and, um, I was doing personal training. I was teaching Pilates. I was teaching group fitness, but I was sort of like, you know what? I, I miss the energy of the city. I had been in New York for 10 years. Um, I was sort of lost. I was kind of like, you know, my brother lived in California. Um, he's in Santa Cruz. I was just sort of trying to like find my footing. And so that is when I reached out to Peloton. So the fact that that worked mm. out. My boyfriend ended up getting a job back in the city as well. So we were like, well, I guess this is a sign. Let's drive back to New York. And everything just sort of fell into place. And it was so, so needed. Um, you know, my mom has been healthy ever since. And um, 
she's so happy for me, obviously. And it really was just like a blessing that this all happened in the way that it did. Wow. That's an amazing story. And I'm glad your mother is doing well. Uh, I wasn't going to go this direction, but since you brought it up, <laughs> I can't help <laughs> ask a Facebook question. Uh, what was it like working for that company? Did they strike you as a normal company when you were there? Um, so when was this? This was in 2016, I think. Interesting. You, um, you know, yeah. I, well, you know what? I um, <laughs> worked there for such a short amount of time. I probably don't have anything interesting to tell you. Um, but, you know, what it was very cool just to be on that campus, to be honest, you know, just there's bikes everywhere that like communal bikes, everybody can use. And um, all the um, employees um, were able to train at our gym. And so I, I was basically training employees. And so a lot, I was, I was training a lot of people who were sitting in front of a desk and a computer all day long. So there was a lot of like the same kinds of injuries and, um, you know, we'd call it tech neck where like your mm -hmm. head just like falls forward and your shoulders fall forward. And like, you know, everyone needed to work on their posture. And, um, so it was, it was fun though. The trainers there were awesome. I made some good friends there. Um, but I was there for like two months. It was a very, very short stint, but it was very, very fun and very cool to just have that experience. Yeah, it's an interesting company to look on the inside of. Were you you were at the um, the campus that kind of feels like a Disney World uh, exhibit out uh, in Menlo Park? Yes. <laughs> yeah, there was like yeah. a rock climbing wall. There was a soccer field. There was lots of like fun activities. <laughs> yeah, it's a very interesting place. I spent a couple of days there uh, doing a training, actually not physical training. This was a feedback training uh, for my book. Um, I got to sit in on it. So it was interesting to see the place. In action, yeah, but two cool. months there. Yeah. Quite a window into the place. Um, okay. Enough Facebook. Uh, so you're, you're used to teaching, uh, uh, you know, I think it was SoulCycle. You haven't brought their name up, but I'm going to say it. I think SoulCycle <laughs> classes uh, and in person. And then you, what was your, what was it like teaching your first Peloton class, seeing the fact that like you were basically teaching? I mean, it must have been some people in studio, but far more. Uh, you know, online, what, what did that feel like for you? Yeah, it's very surreal because um, you see these names on the leaderboard. And so, and then you see, you know, the 50 people or so that are in front of you in the room. And it's sort of hard to translate that all those names are actually humans in their own homes, you know, working out with you. And so I think the first few weeks that I was teaching, it didn't totally sink in. Um, I, you know, I talked a lot about these, these milestones and setting the bar higher and higher. When I first taught my first class at Peloton, I think it, 23,000 people joined in live, which was a record at the time. And so I, I like blacked out. I don't even remember the <laughs> leaderboard. Like it was so crazy. Um, I was like, Wait, that was your get... first class. Yes. Wow. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Hold on. I misspoke. And maybe more okay. on this call can, <laughs> can read. Okay. Let me think about that, actually, because now that I say that, I'm like, that is wild. I think when I, no, 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 this is what happened. Sorry. Take out a zero. There was 2,300 people, and maybe mm. we can double check on this. When I taught, it was a record, though. Whatever the number was, I think it was 2,300 people. It was the record of the time, and I just remember, like, blacking out because I couldn't keep track of all the names on the leaderboard. This was four years ago, so it would have had to have been, like, way less than that 
Yeah. And so I imagine as uh, doing this in person, you are, you know, feeding off of the room, uh, getting feedback from folks in real time. Now they're, they're just kind of names scrolling by on a screen. So how do you, um, how do you basically tell, Hey, is this going well, or is this not going well? And, you know, see how people, uh, see how your class is resonating with folks at home. Yeah. So, um, Thankfully, social media really keeps us all connected. And, um, you know, I think we have an incredible Facebook community, um, the Peloton community on Facebook. Um, they, we have all these subgroups too, you know, we have Peloton mom group, Peloton dad group, physicians group, um, and everybody talks, everybody chats with each other. And so I get tagged in a lot of things. I get direct messages from people. I get the feedback from people, even on the platform itself, the Peloton platform itself. There's, you know, a, a rating of, of difficulty and a rating of the class. So you get a lot of um, feedback. We have lots of data. We have um producers, a whole team, you know, tuning in and watching all this stuff. So it's great. You know, you, you kind of get some instant feedback. You kind of get some feedback over time too. And you start kind of developing your audience, your brand. You start, you know, the people who vibe with you end up taking your classes maybe more than others. And you kind of find your, your lane and you find your people. Yeah. And so you start to learn while you're teaching this thing, okay, I have a feeling for these thousands of people, even though they're not in front of you, you can, there are ways in which you can sense their presence. Yeah. And, and I always, I always kind of thought, um, you know, even when I filmed that first Kickstarter campaign and I was teaching live cycling classes and Pilates classes, you know, in my head, I had some hesitation. I had some doubt. I was thinking like, how are, how are they really going to connect with these people? How are they going to feel that sense of community and that connection. And clearly like it's possible because look at our community and look at the closeness and the connection and the the progress that people are making. Um, And so, you know, when I joined, um, I, I got to experience that firsthand. I I got to experience all these people like coming in together um, showing up for each other, not just virtually, um, but then, you know, would people would come to the studio all together to meet up for the first time. Like they've been mm-hmm. messaging each other back and forth on Facebook for months and they decided to all come to the studio or the mothership as they call it. And then they'd come and meet up and have like a great weekend of, of taking Peloton classes and, and meeting like-minded people. Um, so it's just, just a testament that um, even though we're not seeing each other face to face right now, we can really still create closeness and connection through technology. Yeah. So that's interesting. So people are on social media and then they turn that into real life things, even though it's yeah, virtual fitness, which is fascinating. Just shows you what uh, online community can end up leading to no matter what the subject. So you mentioned you mentioned social media. Let's talk about that for a minute. Um, did you when you joined Peloton? Uh, did you realize that you were like on your way to not only being like a fitness instructor, but there was going to be like a social media influencer aspect of this as well? You know, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think um, I think I knew that a little bit. I think that sort of was happening already in the fitness world with a lot of fitness trainers. Um, were promoting themselves through Instagram and Facebook. And so that was something I was already sort of doing. Um, 
I guess I didn't really know to what extent how big it would grow and, and we're still we're still growing. So there, there's I'm not saying that there's this, you know, end that's happening right now, but it's it's like just um, crazy to see how much it has grown and, and I know that we're not we haven't stopped, we haven't slowed down. Mm-hmm. And when you say we, is it Peloton or is it your personal social media community? Um, I think it's both. I think mm-hmm. um, what's what's great is that Peloton really fosters the growth of the instructors as well, individually and within the brand. Um, I think sometimes that's very difficult for big companies to do. Um, you know, I want Peloton to grow and I want my own personal brand to grow along with it. And I believe that Peloton wants the same for mm-hmm. me as well. And so I think so no conflict there. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, uh, rising tide lifts all boats. That's, that's the idea. Um, and I, th- I think, you know, whereas at other studios, maybe you have, you know, 300 instructors at company wide or 500 instructors company wide, you know, at Peloton right now, we have 33 instructors. Um, so it's quite different. It's a quite different experience. Um, we're not all competing against each other. You know, we all mm-hmm. kind of have a place whether that's our music style our teaching style or our social media presence, we all are very uh, unique. Yeah. And that's wild. 33 people for 33 instructors for more than a million people, which is just not something would ever be possible before our current digital age. Um, So on that topic, uh, I want to ask a little bit about, um, you know, a a topic that I've enjoyed discussing with uh, people on the show which is sort of like uh, who gets the benefits from the tech economy. So we recently had Emil Michael, who was the chief business officer at Uber uh, for a long time on the show. And, you know, I spoke with him about like who, who's going to actually get the proceeds uh, from, from our tech economy. So for instance, Uber built this platforms that lets people get around, you know, more efficiently, all the money ended up going to Uber and the drivers are struggling to, to get by. Uh, and, you know, I guess one of the things we see with tech is it tends to scale uh, human labor and, you know, a lot of the proceeds end up going to the companies themselves. So I'm, I'm curious, I mean, we talk about like the fact that there's, you know, 30 something instructors and a million members, um, you know, where that usually would have been distributed across many more instructors. And do you think that the instructors who teach for Peloton are seeing, you know, the real value of their labor, even though like I'm sure you know, it, it's probably better than a, you know, a typical studio job, but like just given the, the value you're delivering to so many people, I'm curious how you think about that. Yeah. I, I also think, um, I, I can say I do, I feel very valued. I think that, um, as opposed to, you know, a brick and mortar where you're opening lots of different, um, stores and, and gyms, um, but maybe you're not also creating hardware and software and logistics and, you know, all of the things that, that we do, we are completely vertically integrated. And, um, so it's not just 33 instructors and then, you know, 50 other employees. It's like thousands of people that all work, um, Mm -hmm. at Peloton internationally. We have, um, offices in Taiwan, we have offices in Texas, um, and, and, and we have a studio in London, right? We just keep growing and keep expanding. So 
even though the instructor pool is very small, um, the company is is quite large. Do you do you have ever have like <laughs> or do do um, do other instructors have beefs with Peloton instructors? Because I mean, we're right now in the pandemic, and we're going to talk about them in the second half. But like, do you, you know, what, do you think that there's some tension there because you know this could potentially hurt like uh, in person studio business, or maybe it it makes uh, you know spinning. Uh, cycling, soul cycle, all that stuff more popular and leads to demand in person. I'm curious what you think about that. Yeah. I mean, what I've been seeing personally is a lot of fitness trainers. And I have a ton of friends who are in the fitness industry that that don't work at Peloton. And what a lot of them have been able to do is pivot to teaching at home. And, and first, some people were teaching um, free classes on Instagram, and then they pivoted to creating their own app or joining another app where they could teach their own type of fitness on somebody else's app. And a lot of people are pivoting, which has been incredible to see. And I think that Peloton being one of the you know, first innovators to show that at-home workouts is valuable and important has kind of led the way for other instructors to create their own at-home content as well. So um, I think it's kind of opened a lot of people's eyes and then opened doors for other instructors to learn how to teach from home. And, you know, I've gotten some, some of my friends ask me, they're like, oh, I'm going to start teaching, you know, my classes on this app or, you know, through Instagram, through social media, like, how do you stay, you know, like they're, they're wondering, they're like, how do you do it? How do you stay engaged? How do you, how do you train, um, you know, an Olympic athlete and also, you know, a woman in her seventies in the middle of Montana, who's never taken a fitness class ever before. Like, how do you give one class that can speak to so many different people? And, um, it's amazing because at Peloton, we all have that, um, knowledge. We all have that experience that we've kind of just fostered and created over uh, this time that we've been, you know, I've been at Peloton for four years, but it was started in 2012. So um, I think it's just an exciting time for fitness in general. If you're able to pivot, um, everybody is doing at home workouts now, like you're good. Um, I think that when you're not able to pivot maybe as quickly, that's, that's where you'll, you'll find some issues. Ah, so so no beef, and it really does set this category where you have to start with a place where people are going to be paying for something like paying for news online used to be a thing that no one would do, and now people are you know getting accustomed to it after a few big big companies went in and said you know this is valuable, why don't you do it? And maybe that's something that extends to the whole fitness industry. Yeah, that's how, that's how I feel. For sure. Oh, that's fascinating. Um, okay. So last question of this first segment, uh, you, you join uh, Peloton, you're teaching classes virtually to folks you know, all across the world. Thousands of people are joining. Um, you must have gone in with a feeling like, okay, this is still kind of experimental. I'm number one, like my primary way that I do this is teaching, you know, in a physical studio. How quickly did it take you to realize that this was going to be a thing? I, I kind of, when I joined, I was all in, I was like, this is through my two months of training through watching the process of meeting all of the instructors and meeting the whole team. I was, I mean, if you've ever spoken to John Foley, our CEO, like he, he's like the, he's the best motivator. Like he gets everybody in the room to rally behind him. And like, after an all hands meeting, we're all just like, let's do this. Like we're going to, you know, I'm going to, we're going to crush this. Like we're going to 
to, you know, make as many bikes. We're going to teach as many classes. We're going to inspire as many people as we possibly can. And it's really exciting to be in that kind of environment where we're all um, on the same page and we're all excited about the same thing. Um, so I'd say like pretty early on joining in and after teaching that first live class of 2200 people um i was I <laughs> that was can like, convince you quick <laughs> yes totally i was like this is so different than any other thing i've ever experienced and um you know and also getting the member feedback like t- chatting with members after classes and hearing their real life stories and people send me people send me emails that are so personal and heartfelt and honest and raw and i am in incredibly moved every time I talk to a member who tells me how Peloton has helped them through a difficult situation. I'm just like, this is incredible. If, if more people can have this experience, I truly believe the world would be a better place. If more people can get their energy out and be told that they are strong and capable and have the ability to change the world. Like if everybody had that messaging in their lives every day, like why, why wouldn't the world be a better place? So, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I drank the Kool-Aid early on. <laughs> right from the start. Okay, great. Well, this has been a great first half. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about what happened when the pandemic hit. So let's take a short break and then we'll come right back after this with Emma Lovewell here on the Big Technology Podcast. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing, new currencies come and go, decades of savings lost in days, all showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by HubSpot. More to-dos, less time, and so many tools to keep track of. Doing business can be hard, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You just need HubSpot. Their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. Higher quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. And we're back for the second half of the Big Technology Podcast here with Emma Lovewell, Peloton instructor, uh, who has graciously agreed to talk to us a little bit about what it's like being on the other side of the bike. Um, Emma, welcome back for the second half. I'm curious what it was like uh, for you personally when the coronavirus uh, pandemic hit. Um, what sort of, you know, we all went through our own cycle of emotions. Um, what was it like for you? Sure. Um, I was living in Brooklyn at the time with my boyfriend. And in February, we got a notice from our landlord that we had to move out in three months because they wanted to renovate the building. And this is when I first had started hearing about coronavirus, but it hadn't really you know, hit the U.S. yet. And um, my boyfriend and I were like, okay, what are we going to do once once March came around and we started realizing, you know, this is for real, um, we decided to cut our lease a little bit early and just get out of the city. So we ended up um, moving out of the city and finding a little cottage rental next to a lake. And um, we had always talked about, no, not bad at all. I thought I, I, you know, I went 
I was kicking and screaming a little bit because I was like, this, this is nothing. Like I love the city. I want to be in Brooklyn. I love my neighborhood. And my boyfriend and I are both like very outdoorsy people. Um, he a little bit more than I, I guess I could say. So he's always like, let's get out of the city. Let's get out of the city from like the first day we started dating. So, you know, I was like, okay, sure. Like let's, let's get this temporary place just for a month or two. It was a little Airbnb and, you know, we could pay month to month. And uh, let's just say it's been eight months and we've still been living in this little cottage outside of the city. So for me personally, that was a huge shift. Um, And we actually just decided to stay out of the city and um, we bought a home outside of the city. So now I'm committed to to staying uh, out of the city and I've been commuting into Manhattan um, a few times a week to teach classes. But yeah, work-wise, you know, I was... We moved out of the city. Um, we had stopped teaching classes at the studio for a few weeks. Some of our instructors started teaching from home. I had really bad internet at this tiny cottage on the lake, so I was not able to uh, teach from home. But um, then, you know, once uh, we started, you know, safely opening up the studio so that we could teach, um, you know, we have a very structured pod uh, system so that we are all as safe as possible. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a change, but I really trying to find the silver lining in all this. And I really think that I have been able to, I would have never left the city if it wasn't for the pandemic, I I would have never given it a chance. Um, and it's actually been quite literally a breath of fresh air to just spend more time outdoors, um, hiking more, gardening more, um, just like having my hands in the dirt is very therapeutic. And I kind of am sort of, you know, obviously the pandemic is um, horrible and it's challenging for so many people, but I've been really trying to find these little gems. uh, Yeah. You know, cause we have to, you have to find the positives. You got to make the lemonade out of the lemons, you know, as best as you can. Mm -hmm. And then just from a uh, Peloton perspective, it must have been like an even weirder cycle of emotions because like you go from, oh, oh, man, I can't even get into the studio to teach to all of a sudden this company is booming and I'm seeing way more people in my classes than I was beforehand. So what was that like? I mean, it's just very exciting that I'm able to do what I do and I'm able to inspire that many more people and to know that kind of you know, globally, we are all going through it. We're all going through a difficult time. And, you know, you hear the saying a lot during this time is you are not alone. We are not alone. And that is a sentiment that we, that I say a lot too. And we we all need to say, because whatever hardship you're going through, like your neighbor is going through that hardship too. It's not the exact same one, but it's it's similar. You know, we, we are all going through our own struggles and knowing that Peloton classes are actually helping people cope with these huge issues going on is, uh, is amazing. And I am very lucky that I get to do what I do. And so I do find it to be very healing uh, to take these classes, but also to teach them. So for me, it's great that I can kind of like get out of my head and into my body and just like sweat out whatever feelings I'm feeling, you know, rock out to some of my favorite music to just, uh, create that release. Um, so I, I need it as much as, you know, any of the members need it. Yeah. And then what was it like to have that realization that there was just going to be so many more people joining the platform? 
I mean, you must have seen it. What have you seen it? Like, I mean, talking about 50,000 people on Thanksgiving, like it's, it's yeah. wild. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that like, it's something that you should be overjoyed that the pandemic has happened, but there's a human reaction, I think, to just seeing, you know, the uh, amount of people taking these classes, just boom. Like, what was that like to experience? I mean, our growth was, is, uh, is apparent and, you know, while working at this company, but the pandemic sort of, I think, expedited everything a little bit. And that, um, you know, since I worked at the company, like every, every few months, I'm noticing that the leaderboard is growing. Like the last three, uh, Thanksgivings, you know, I, the, the leaderboard has increased every single year. Mm. So it's not that it's like, Whoa, we, I've never seen it increase. It's like, we've been increasing this whole time. I think that that sort of number though, of 50,000, you're just like, yeah, this is incredible. This is, this is an amazing opportunity that we have. Um, and like I said, it is sort of hard to take it all in because you're looking at these names on the leaderboard and you're watching this, this number grow, but it, it's like, it, it takes a little bit for it to sink in to realize like these are all people in their homes around the world, you know, sweating here with you. And, you know, for a moment, it, it doesn't really register because you're just like on your own bike, just, just, just doing your thing, you know, teaching a class and, and sweating it out to your favorite songs. Um, so, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's an incredible experience. It's, it's an amazing thing to just, just watch it grow as much as it has. Yeah. How many people are taking your class live now? Uh, it really depends on the type of class. It depends on the time of day. Um, but, you know, I taught... Yeah, just ballpark. Yeah, I taught last night. I taught my listening party ride. And there was probably 3,000 people taking live. Um but a lot of people take on demand, which is, mm-hmm. you know, one of the best features of Peloton is you don't have to take it live. You can take um, the class tomorrow or in a week from now and a month from now. Um, so, you know, 3000 people taking it live in a week from now, I'll look back at that class and there might be 50,000, a hundred thousand, 200,000. You, you just don't know. And it's um, quite exciting to see, you know, which classes people respond to the most and see how long they can live because I have some class, you know, I taught a cold play ride a, a couple of years ago that people have really just loved. And, and I constantly see people retaking that and it's a few years old, you know? So it, it's really incredible that we have that opportunity. Yeah. That, that's growth is totally incredible. 200,000 people on a single class is, is pretty wild. It's not just one stadium. It's a couple of stadiums. Yeah. Yeah. Filled totally. with people. Uh, do you think we go back after the pandemic? I mean, we're going to be able to eventually, looks like given the vaccine news, we'll be able to eventually go back into gyms uh, without much worry. Uh, do you think that something like the surge that we're seeing ends up, you know, peeling off or even reversing? Or do you think that people are sort of realizing uh, the value of doing this stuff, uh, the fitness stuff on demand and are just or even at home uh, and, and are just going to stick with that? I think maybe a little bit of both. I think um, people will really appreciate the convenience and the value of being able to work out at home. No doubt. You know, you can just shower in your own shower. You don't have to pack extra clothes. You know, there's so many conveniences that that we could talk about. Um, But yeah, I I don't think that people are going to stop 
getting together on a Sunday afternoon to go take a fitness class together after brunch. Like, I don't think that that's going to, you know, hopefully that is when things go, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. I think that those are things that people do really value. Um, and, and I hope for that too, but Peloton was never just to replace any other type of workout. It was to supplement it and make sure that you had no excuses that you um, had the convenience in your home. And so if, having a Peloton bike means that you are working out, you know, three more times a week than you would normally, if you were only taking studio classes or only going to the gym, then like, that's great. You know, that's, that's what we want to encourage is just more movement and more activity. Okay. Last few questions for you here. There's often like a disconnect between like what the public conversation is and then what's actually happening in the world. And I'm sure you saw the controversy over that Peloton ad right before the pandemic hit. Um, was that like seeing on your end? It was like, Um, just for listeners, it was like a woman got a pandemic, uh, got a Peloton as like a holiday gift or something like that. And, you know, people screenshotted her facial expressions and, you know, it seemed like she was like a prisoner in her own home, but it wasn't the intent. So, but yeah. Yeah. it, It was one of those moments where, um, when you're, when you're a part of the Peloton community, that commercial means something very different, I think, than um, maybe if you've never taken a Peloton class. I think uh, I loved, I mean, I loved the commercial. I was like, this is great. This is totally <laughs> like he's being supportive. And what it, But you know what? It, it really spoke to like a larger question. There was like all these people with these like gender uh um, norms that they're or, or like thinking that oh the husband must have thought this about his wife if he told her to work out and people assuming that exercise is only to lose weight which I'm like okay clearly there's an outdated perception yeah. that people have of what exercise is and so that was just sort it was sort of funny to me in that way where I was like okay I guess not everybody knows that exercise is also good for your mental health um, but so clearly we have some more educating to do clearly you know people. Um, more people need to exercise. <laughs> yeah, it could. I mean, it could have been that those critics, by you know being so vocally anti, were sort of exposing themselves in their own way, which is what often happens on the internet, I suppose. Um, you know, there's been an interesting thing that's happened. I think there was people. People used to be uh, shy or even a little bit embarrassed about uh, you know using Peloton or having one of the bikes. Uh, you know, maybe because of the price point, or I don't know what it was, or it could have been the marketing too. Won't. <laughs> won't rule that out but uh i i think especially over the course of the past few months um you know with everybody stuck at home i feel like you know among people not in the chattering class there's been a real appreciation for it um not just the bikes but like you can get uh a cheap bike and then take the classes with the app and i think that the reputation has definitely done a bit of a 180 during the pandemic and during these past few months um Curious if you. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah, well, I won't even ask you. I I know what you'll say. Uh, well, actually, no, that's stupid. What What do you think about that? <laughs> no, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that from you. Um, yeah. You know, sometimes when you're you work within a company, it's it's hard to you know. Of course, my friends and family are so biased. It's like they <laughs> they all take my class. They all you know uh, tell me how 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 great I am. So it's it's nice to just hear. Um, just that, that opinion that, that that sort of shifted because the goal is accessibility. You know, I understand not everybody has the ability um, to purchase an at-home fitness equipment, but, um, you know, 
for example, one of the, one of the ways we pivoted during um, the quarantine was we offered a 90 day free trial because we're like, you know what, if this is, if this is going to help people, like let's give it up for free. We want people to experience this type of content. Um, and that was super beneficial. And I think that that's a large part of like the numbers growing and people really just being like, Oh, I can do this. At, I already have a smartphone. I can just do this at home on my phone. Like that's great. You know, we offer all these types of uh, strength classes, yoga classes that you don't need any of so, um, and, and we will constantly keep creating that type of content because we want it to be accessible to all people. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just glad that, that, that people are appreciating it and people are spreading it and, and sharing it with other people and, and getting other people on board. Yeah, for real. Uh, when I, when the, so I don't think I ever would have even known who you are until the, <laughs> this lockdown happened. And once I saw we were going to be stuck at home for a while, uh, went on Amazon, got like one of the cheapest, you know, cycling bikes out there and then signed up for that 90 day, 90 day free trial. And, oh, you did? uh, yeah, super cost effective, but sort of, uh, you know, talk about how exercise is good for mental health. I mean, getting through the past few months and using something like this was, was definitely a boon for mine. So I appreciate That's it. That's awesome. Yeah. So how, um, you still take classes online and how many classes a week do you take? I'm probably, well, look, I'll be honest. I go through like running and cycling. Phases. No pressure. No pressure. So <laughs> I mean, well, let's see, actually I can take a look at the calculations. So I think I've done like 65 classes so far nice. and what is that over the course of like five months? So I think I'm averaging like two and a half a week, if that makes That's sense. That's amazing. So That's yeah, it's, it's pretty good stuff. Uh, and and what um, were you doing before you had that? I was actually, I had just signed up for class pass. Uh, mm -hmm. It's kind of this weird thing where I started, uh, I, I never would do a cycling class. I just felt they were too intense. And then someone introduced it to me because they had a Peloton in their apartment building. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun, but I could never afford something like that. So I signed up for class pass and started taking in-person cycling classes to start the year. And then of course, you know, that all came to an end and this was like a pretty good middle ground to be able to keep it up, but also, uh, yeah, you know, not break the bank. Yeah. Let's, I'm glad you're still, uh, you know, keeping up with it. What's your favorite type of class to take? You don't have to say my class. No pressure. Oh God. This is what always happens. I give the podcast over now. I got to be on the hot seat. <laughs> uh, well, or is it type of music you like to ride to the most? Is it rock? Yeah, no, no, I'm happy we could go into it. Listen, listeners, don't judge me too much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, anything EDM I think is pretty good. Okay. Um, so your class and Ben Aldis, uh, who's another instructor that I like to take, I feel like those yeah, he's are awesome. what get me he was, a D he was a DJ too. He's London-based, great taste in music. Yeah. I mean, both of you guys are DJ. I personally don't spend much time in the club in my life, but I can kind of get an understanding <laughs> of what you're talking about. But yeah, I just think that um, one of the things that struck me was uh, just seeing the way this thing uh, works and looking at how many people gravitate towards it and sort of the difference between that and what a lot of the popular discussion has been uh, was surprising to me. And I feel like it's always uh, important to share you know, these surprising stories uh, with with people listening here. And also, um, you know, I just think it's a fascinating business story, too. I mean, we talk about these 
you know, Corona stocks or pandemic stocks. Uh, but the question is like, you know, like Peloton and Zoom. But the question is, is there going to be staying power? Uh, and we haven't done a podcast on Zoom because I kind of think that software is terrible. Uh, but I think <laughs> Peloton, you know, has some some real staying power. Um, and of course, like I do think there's, you know, we'll be talking for a while about the issue of like, you know, whether instructors uh, are getting compensated properly and sort of whether that consolidates the labor pool uh, into a much smaller one than there was before, which I appreciate you answering the questions on. Uh, but I, I don't think this thing's going away. I think it's going to just keep getting more interesting uh, and, and grow as a company. And uh, and yeah, I just appreciate your time today. Yeah, well, I'm glad that you are a Peloton member and that you are, uh, you know, using it to the best of your ability and, and you're taking all that we have um, to offer. So thanks. Thanks for writing. Of course, you, you uh, <laughs> put me on the hot seat, but I hope I uh, hope I survive that one. And you wrote yep. the questions uh, pretty well. So I appreciate that. Thank you for Thank uh, you. not getting mad at me even among some of the tougher ones. So. <laughs> Thanks so much. All right, Emma, where can people find you? And I mean, they can obviously take your class on the Peloton app, but um, social media wise, uh, where else do you want people to find your stuff? Yeah, on Instagram, you can find me at Emma Lovewell. I'm also on Twitter. I also have a blog if you're interested in following some of my lifestyle recipe stuff. It's livelearnlovewell.com. And then, yeah, you can always find me on the Peloton. I love teaching my 90s rock rides, uh, listening party. You can crush your core in my four-week core program on the Peloton app. No equipment necessary. I had to plug that in there. So um, that's where you can find me. Okay, terrific. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're new to the show, we do these every Wednesday. Uh, You can subscribe on your app of choice, and we'll be back with a new show next week. Even through the holidays, we're going to pre-record a couple, so we'll have stuff that will take you through Christmas and New Year's. Uh, If you're a longtime listener, a rating would be great. Feel free to rate us on your podcast app of choice. That is going to wrap us uh, for this week here on the Big Technology Podcast. We will see you next Wednesday, and thanks again, as always, to Emma Lovewell along with uh, our audio editor, Nate Guatney, and the folks at Red Circle for hosting and selling ads. We will see you next week. Mm